Say with me, say with me these words, say generational curses. And uh, we're starting a new series on, um, on uh, 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 deliverance this month, but we'll see how the Holy Spirit leads and how it envelops, how it goes. So I want to say this, that, you know, um, not being a church that is just operating in pure teaching only and uh, endeavoring to bring revelation to you, it is not easy to get revelation on a weekly basis, trust me. Revelation isn't just something that just is excited to you. No, that is passion. Um, and that is maybe God's word to you. It doesn't mean it's God's word to the people. So to get revelation and to teach revelation is uh, very difficult. It is scripture, interpreting scripture. It is uh, sola scriptura. It is and has the ability to rightly divide the word that causes your spirits to be energized, that causes your spirit to be renewed because revelation is a word directly from God. It is His voice for this present moment and it is voice for your present situation. That is what revelation, rhema is. It is His voice for a present situation that you are in. Now to get that as a preacher is not easy. 90% of preachers go their whole lives and never be able to be preaching in a revelatory form. Are you guys with me? So, um, so have grace on us. It is not easy to, you know, you have a lot of preachers that are maybe evangelists, revivalists or so, and, or even prophets, and they don't have churches per se. They travel and preach. And I was there, I was doing it. So you only have 20 messages. And uh, those messages have become so, has become so uh, tailored and mastered that you know exactly at what moment the anointing is going to fall. You know exactly how it works. It's tailored. So every church you get to, God speaks to you about a certain message. And uh, uh, this is as the norm. And you preach that message. And it is very easy. Being a pastor uh, of a church or where you're preaching every Sunday to the same people, you have to come up with a revelatory word. Because I can come up with a shallow word or just a shallow foundational teaching. And I was approached by many pastors and say, uh, Leon, you must calm down or you go too deep into this stuff. And you must stay with uh, souls and hope. And ev Listen, souls is, <laughs> I'm going to say something that, uh, you know, somebody's so upset with me because I said something about the government and God bless them. I said, uh, a Christian government isn't going to change the nation. <laughs> So they're very upset. They're very, very angry. I mean, I haven't seen some people so angry, you know, at the prophet. And, uh, and I was just saying, listen, man, listen to it in context. I said, I said these words. I said, when, what was his name? Uh, not Nero, Nero killed, the one after that. Uh, Constantine. When Constantine came in, um, uh, uh, Nero was close. I also always remember Nero. But when Constantine came in, he made Christianity popular. And the power left the church. Revival left and the church died out. Because there's no persecution. God's model to grow the church is persecution. And then I also said if there's a Christian government... I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote for, please vote for Christian governments. I also, there's no way you can vote for abortions and vote for gay marriages and vote for, there's no way you can vote for that. So, you know, that's not even an argument to have. 
That's not even a discussion. And I think that if you feel that you can vote, and I'm going to say that very straight, if you feel you can vote for and stand for abortions, stand for uh, 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 gay marriages, you are not a Christian. Then you're sitting in the church, you're not a Christian. If you have votes for them, maybe you can repent. Don't get into color now, black and white, and I'm racist. Let's leave that. Let's get to basic principles, foundational biblical principles. We have been taken out of our culture and kingdom and put into a new culture in the kingdom. Are you guys with me? Our cultures have shifted. Our kingdom has shifted. Paul said, I'm not, there's neither Greek nor Jew, nor male nor female, nor black nor white. We are kingdoms of, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Are you guys with me? So, uh, so, so people get into this whole race thing when it comes to politics. No, you, and they say, how can you, you know, you cannot, you must be bipolar, non-partisan from the church and all this stuff, you know, from the pulpit. No, we don't have a certain charity. We have a charity, but it's not the main church to keep, you know, in the United States, if you have a, if you have a, uh, uh, a certain high status of a tax exempt, you're not allowed to say certain things, and then they remove that status from you. And, uh, 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 and Trump wanted to, to, to remove that law. I think he did, and I think they brought it back in again. I'm not exactly sure. Something like the Johnson law or something like that. But, uh, um, so, so yeah, I get into trouble. Not, I don't get into trouble. I don't, I don't care. If, I, if I'm in trouble, I'll repent and I'll change. But I just said to the people, I said, listen, man, it's my opinion. Uh, I didn't say it as the gospel truth. I just said that um, Christian government, what well, then everybody's, but they still, it's still a democracy. <laughs> so, and if it's not a democracy, it's a dictatorship. And then there's still a human being that can still become evil. And a democracy still has snakes in that, in that place that, that, that controls the prison. The prison doesn't even make decisions. So what is a Christian, you know, so that's just my opinion. Now as a prophetic voice, uh, 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 it's normal to get attacks. And um, we understand that some don't understand. Are you guys with me? Because what they do, they, they, they watch our stuff and they send clips and they send it to, we got, we got, we got, Johannes uh, a false prophet and, you know, and they send it to the necessary people. <laughs> but, um, but if you look at uh, Constantine, Constantine made Christianity popular and it died out, went into the dark ages. But when there's persecution, look at during 2020, our church doubled in finances. Our reach went to millions online. Since then, we're reaching close to 8 million people a month. And that is no exaggeration. That is not me making TV stats like all these TV stations saying they're reaching so many. But don't ever believe them. Okay, when they say they're reaching 7 million homes, they're lying. And they're lying big time. It just means that a 7 million homes has the ability to go into <laughs> there, uh, no, no, no. When we say we've reached 8 million, it's actual stats which social media tells you they've come on for so many seconds or watched it for so long. And God has, it, God has spread our influence tremendously. And that has brought a lot of threats, even from great and big churches in the nation, towards us, simply also because of the prophetic. And because maybe their people are now listening into the prophetic or maybe getting prophecy from us. And there's this great division in the body of Christ. And the Lord says that He cannot pour out revival 
You know, there's this word that's been burning in me for the last few months that God is unable to bring revival unless there is new wineskins. Not that He's unable in His He's omnipotent, He's all-powerful, He's omnipresent and He's omniscient. He's, oh, he's, 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 he's self-sufficient. Okay, he's, he, no one has to sustain Him or, 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 or provide Him. He is self-sufficient, self-sustaining. But if He pours out revival into an old wineskin, God can do it, but the wineskin will break. So revival cannot come unless these intricacies in the body of Christ has been dealt with where this one is fighting this one and this one is opposing this one. I, we live it in that room, trust me. From green monsters, I mean green rooms, to from pastors green rooms, to, to, uh, to the politics of the church and uh, all that stuff. That is why for many years I've decided actually to withdraw from all of that. And, uh, you know, then when you get a little bit accepted and then it's just so much politics. And, uh, 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 and I stand by my point that I've made. I really do stand by it. Because maybe a worldly government is not so bad because it keeps Christians on their feet. And that was the context that I was speaking it in. Saying that the more persecution there is, where's the fastest growing church at the moment? Underground church in China. I mean, you have no, you need no more facts to, to prove that, you know, so, so, or points to, to, to make your point there. And, uh, 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 and uh, that's why I said that people, and the point is that people shouldn't put their trust in a government and think that if this one comes in power, the same thing with America, think that if Trump comes in power, everything is fine. No, they're not the savior. Jesus Christ is the savior. You know, so, um, so I, I, I make my point clear there, just for if any other video goes again, and, uh, which it will probably. And, uh, 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 and I stand by my point that I stand by. But I want to explain, I want to... So, so getting into revelatory topics is very difficult because, you know, I don't want to stand up here and preach something that is boring or doesn't feed your spirit. It can feed your flesh, but it might not feed your spirit. It must feed your spirit. And, uh, and uh, how does it feed your spirit? You need to rightly divide the word of truth. So go with me to, let, 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 me, let me see how we can do this. And I'm starting something, so my point why I'm saying that is because starting something that it's not your normal message on generational curses. I want to bring a point through that we might begin to open up and, uh, and unravel over the next few weeks. But it is regarding where a curse comes from. A curse does not come from Satan. A curse does not come necessarily from another believer in the curse that I'm going to speak right now. A curse comes originally from God. The source of a curse is God. So if you have a curse upon your life, who cursed you? I know you're conflicted right now, but give me scripture. I'm going to get to scripture right now. Give me time to give you scripture. Are you guys with me? And I'll tell you, and we'll get into the solution, and we'll get into how God works with these things. Because we have a skewed perception of how God operates. And if you can understand this, deliverance can be your portion when we get to the conference. 
Because a lot of people have a skewed perception or they're going around even as Christians thinking the devil has cursed me and this Satanist has cursed me and this is the only curse over my life because no, the root thing, the root source of a curse is God. Where's the first curse pronounced in Scripture? It is God cursing the serpent. Now I know it's going to clash with your theology, but just listen, just stay with me. Are you guys with me? I'm presenting to you a problem which is a curse comes from God. So that is a problem that I'll now try to bring a solution for you. Um, uh, 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 uh. What is a curse? Let's start off with what is a curse, the definition, or, or just to kind of like put it in, in words for you before I get to the scripture. It is like a dark shadow that follows and affects your present life and activities. You cannot find out or touch that it's not tangible, but there's an effect that is hanging over you or a dark shadow that is hanging over you that is affecting aspects of your life, some or all aspects. It is like a chain that is holding you back from going into where you know God wants you to go into, but you cannot get there. Are you guys with me? It is a... It is a curse is a vehicle of supernatural power. It is a vehicle of supernatural power for either good or bad. And it continues from one generation to another generation. It is a vehicle of supernatural power. And you, or let me say like this, of an invisible force that has supernatural power. You cannot see it. You cannot... Uh, you cannot uh, touch it. You don't know where it is. You go for prayer and prayer doesn't help it. Because the curse comes from God. You, you get on your knees, you bind the devil. It doesn't work because you can't bind God. Are you guys with me? It doesn't feel like it's going down too well this morning. I don't know. It doesn't feel to me like that. Uh, but just, just be patient, okay? Um, just be patient. And all those that are just coming in for a few seconds and leaving, um, don't listen to just a few seconds. You're going to call me a heretic until you hear my exegesis of, uh, of the Scriptures. So go with me to, let's start actually with Luke 13 verse 10. Luke 13 verse 10. Let me, let me first go there. Luke 13 verse 10. Let me read it for you. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Jesus was teaching there. Just a little bit softer with the music. Just a little bit. on here. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Say with me, a spirit of infirmity. 18 years and was bent over and could in no way rise herself up. Say with me, bent. Now if I carry on reading just for the sake of time, I'm not going to. Jesus comes, He rebukes the Spirit, He heals her. But He says these words because they come to Him and they said that, listen, you know, how can you do this on a Sabbath? And how can you heal somebody on a Sabbath day? And he said, listen, if your donkey falls into a pit, will you not take him out because it is a Sabbath? And he says, this is a daughter of Abraham. Meaning this is a child of God. Are you guys with me? This is a child of God 
who has a curse upon her, a spirit of infirmity that came from a generations before. Yet, so now it tells you that Christians and children of God can have curses and evil spirits on them. But she was bent over towards a certain direction. And the, in fact, the scripture says in another translation, there's nothing she could do about it. Which means she tried and she tried and she tried, but she was bent in an area in her life. Meaning that uh, there are, a curse is like something in your life, an area in your life that is bent. And doesn't matter whatever you do, you cannot make that area straight. So you're bent when it comes to alcohol. Because your parents were in alcoholism. Or you're bent when it comes to finances. Because there was a curse pronounced in your families before you when it comes to finances. Or you're bent when it comes to pornography or sexual stuff. Or bad relationships, bad marriages. You're bent in that area. But you don't know how to how to fix it or deal with it. It doesn't matter, you go for counseling, you go for therapy, you go to a psychologist, you go for deliverance, and deliverance doesn't know how to unravel and undo a curse. Because they try to bind the devil, yet a curse is from God. Now, but how can she have a spirit, an evil spirit in her? Hmm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, I'm going to announce another problem. Uh, an evil spirit comes from God. It is too much for now, eh? <laughs> I'll give you two scriptures, two portions of scriptures to prove this. I know this is going to be called out as a heretic and I know they're going to make probably videos on this. And... Uh, um, but I have to bring this through and it's going to become kind of like a series to explain to you how the judicial system of heaven operates and works. So, sometimes we're trying to bind a spirit and a demon thinking it comes from Satan while it comes from God. Not that God sent the spirit to you no, I'm going to explain to you the operations and the working of a curse right now. It is different to just me opening a door for a demon to come in. Are you guys with me? So remember my, my phrase, a curse comes from God. And at times, there are times, especially in relation to a curse, where an evil spirit is sent from God. Okay. Now, now, now I have not... You know, I'm going out on a limb here because I was not supposed to be mentioning this yet now so early. And, uh, um, uh, 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 but this is not, um, this is not uh, your seeker sensitive church or your relaxed church. If you want to go to Hillsong, that is for another breed. We are a, or we are a different breed. So a curse is when you're bent towards a certain direction. You are spiritually bound, but physically bent. So you see the physical manifestation, but you cannot see the spiritual root behind the problem. Are you guys with me? A curse 
does not necessarily come upon a person. It comes upon a house. Go with me to Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 33. Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 33. The curse of the Lord. Oh, okay. Are you guys with me? So, a curse comes from God. The curse of the Lord is on the house. So with me, the house of the wicked. Not the person of the wicked. There is a difference between a house and a person. So you can just be born in a house where a curse has been pronounced upon and you can become a Christian and the curse has an effect in your life because a curse is pronounced upon a house, not a person. Are you guys with me? Uh, but he blesses the home of the just. But I'm just. Yeah, but you are in the home of the wicked. So, so when you are bent in a certain area of your life, you need to find the spiritual root. Are you guys with me? Uh, 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 a lot of Christians are like Balaam who rides on his donkey. And he's a seer. He has the ability to see into the spirit. Yet he cannot see an angel standing with a sword stopping the donkey from moving further and he starts beating the donkey but he cannot see the root of the problem the donkey has the ability to see in the realm of the spirit and see an angel with a sword and stops moving while Balaam only looks in the physical and he tries to beat the problem and many Christians try to beat the problem they have not seeing the spiritual root behind it are you guys with me? Uh, 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 and, and like I said, I'm jumping from scripture to or, or point to point here. So the, tomorrow, this morning is just going to be a foundational, it's just going to be an introduction. It, although it's going to sound like a lot of me to you, it's really just an introduction. Um, uh, 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 let's, 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 in fact, let's go to, let's go to 1 Kings 22, verse 10, just to prove some points that I've mentioned before people begin to take these things out of context. Um, get me also the scripture, just in the meantime, uh, where the spirit, where, where, where an evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. Let, let's go there first. 1 Samuel 16 verse 14. So they're already trying to do damage control. Finding the scriptures just to protect me. <laughs> so, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit, another translation says an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Hey, King James, put on the King James. Say with me, an evil spirit from the Lord, not from Satan. Now I'm not saying all evil spirits are from, from the Lord. But how many know even Satan comes from God? Well, Lucifer, are you guys with me? Everything comes from him. And how can you cast demons out in the name of Jesus Christ and an evil spirit obeys you? And we think, no, but how can God, how can God not send an They will even more obey God. Because we're going to get into the council of heaven. 
where God sits amongst the council of other gods. And it doesn't mean they are good gods. Are you guys with me? Again, if it is too much for you, you can go to our neighboring churches. <laughs> Psalm 82 verse 1. God who sits in the council in the midst of other gods, of other Elohims. And discusses the destinies of nations. And begins to hand out and punishes those gods he's sitting with. Because of how they handled and run nations. Are you guys with me? So um, let, let me read you. Let's go, to, let's go to 1 Kings 22 verse 10. 1 Kings 22 verse 10. I'm definitely not going to get through the whole message this morning. I'm going to try. I hope I actually have to so that it's in context. So let's just have patience. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, having put on their robes, sat each on his throne at a threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Now Zedekiah, the son of Shenah, made horns with iron for himself. And he said, thus says the Lord, with these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. So he's prophesying the Syrians will be destroyed. Listen to this. And all the prophets, so, uh, all the prophets, so, saying, go up to Ramoth, Gilead, and prosper. For the Lord will deliver it into the king's hand. Listen how they prophesy. They say to the king of Israel, which is Ahab, you're going to win this battle. The Lord is going to deliver it in your hand. Verse 13. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah. Oh, sorry, verse, verse 12. Verse 12. Verse 12. And all the prophets prophesied. Oh, no, I, 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 sorry, sorry. Let me just read it again. I missed one word there. Let me just read it again. And all the prophets prophesied, so saying, and I got some of the stuff this morning only. Okay, so just have patience on me. Go up to Ramoth, Gilead. Say with me, and prosper. For the Lord will deliver it into the king's hands. So they speak deliverance and prosperity. So the prophets are saying, God is going to prosper you. God is going to deliver you. But it's not a word from God. Then the messengers who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him saying, now listen. The words of the, now listen to the words of the prophets with one accord, encourage the king. Please let your word also be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement to all my, um, uh, uh, to all my um, friends who kind of like call us out and say, you know, your prophecies are not encouraging. It should be edification, exhortation, and comfort. It should be in the realm of encouragement. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. Don't find one Scripture that says that a prophet has to be in the realms of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Or encouragement. It doesn't. And I know even those who are in the office of a prophet will be disagreeing with me. That is for the gift, not the office. He says, yeah, the enemy is saying to him, or, or the other fake prophets are saying to him, please let your word be like the word of one of them and also speak encouragement. Next verse, look what Micaiah did. And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Then he came to the king and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? Listen to this. Micaiah said, go and prosper. For the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. 
He was being sarcastic. Because he prophesied what they wanted to hear. He said, let me prophesy the idolatry in your heart. Are you guys with me? Not every word I prophesy over people is necessarily a word that God is saying. There's scripture for it. <laughs> I can prophesy just God might want nothing to do with this person. And I can just prophesy to them what they want in their hearts. And they'll go out and say, yes, he said what I wanted. I wanted prosperity because that's an idolatry. And because you were not sensitive, God is giving you over to an idolatry so that you can fall and be more broken so that you can get close to God. How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me? Oh, so the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So then he said, then Micaiah said, okay, you want the truth? I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherds. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let's each return to his house in peace. That was it. That's the prophecy. Is there, tell me something, is there any restorative word there? Is there anything but God is going to prosper you? Do you know how many times I've been called out to say that I'm prophesying something, but I'm not giving, I'm, Leon is saying there's going to be a civil war in South Africa. How dare he is the mouthpiece of Satan and blah, blah, blah. And we get these messages every week regarding that one thing. Well, in July that year, with the Siena Cole situation. I think it was called Siena Cole or something like that. In the newspaper, it says, is civil war coming? And we said, there will be civil war. Yes, we actually said later on in the prophecy that, you know, if the church prays, it will not happen. But you know what, as a prophet, you feel like, oh, I have to just say it, you know, just to please people. Because they're like, no, you must bring a balance. He doesn't give a balance. He says, you will lose this war. Next verse. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. Listen to this. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. A throne is the throne of judgment. Are you guys with me? Which speaks of a judge. God, before he is love, he is a judge. His character is a character of judge, of judgment. But we don't understand that judgment is a form of love. It is just that our perception of love has been skewed. So he has somebody on his right, somebody on his left. If I'm in a courtroom, what happens? I have someone on my right as a judge and someone on my left. I have the guilty person and I've got their advocate. Am I right? And then I got the judge. So let's go on. Oh, is this way? And the Lord will persuade. I, so, and the Lord said, so now the Lord is standing in his council in the courtroom. And he said, who will persuade? Now, who is in God's courtroom? We first need to unravel that. Like I said, we'll get into this maybe a bit later. The Bible says there are not only angels there. There are creatures there. There are not only creatures. There are elders 
who was part of a jury of the court. There are 12 elders. Are you guys with me? Not only is the elders, they are prophets. Isaiah, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And I heard him saying, who shall go for us? And I said, I will go, Lord. And an angel came with a call and touched my lips. Isaiah was standing in the council of the Lord. Psalm 82, God in the council of other gods. So we have the sons of God, the Ben, Ben, I, Ben, Ben, I Elohim. Ben, I Elohim. Am I right? Ben, I Elohim, the sons of God. So you have many facets of creations in this council of God. And they rule and judge and are responsible for nations. So the Lord says, who will, now he's saying in his council, in his courtroom setting, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth? Uh, and now this is, this scripture is too much to open up because now it begins to override will, but let's leave that. Who will go and persuade? He's saying, listen here, I need Ahab to fall. Why? My prophet prophesied it. I don't know if you are with me. Samuel, not one of your words shall fall to the ground. Meaning that once you speak, Samuel, I need to now find a legal system as God to bring to pass the word that you have spoken. Who will persuade, and I saying I need to find out a way for Ahab to fall. Who will persuade Ahab to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead. So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. These are creatures and sons of God and spirits. Then a spirit, say with me, a spirit. Came, it doesn't say an angel. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit. It says a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him in that way. So he said, I will go out and be a, 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 a sorry, in what way? He says, God is saying, in what way are you going to do this? Meaning you, there's ideas that is discussed in the council of heaven. So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Why did God say in what way? If he's all-knowing. He said in what way so that he's not the one that is bringing the idea, but that it comes from a legal vote. Are you guys with me? So he said, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Because that was the system of the court there in heaven. Now, please, I'm not preaching on the courts of heaven, of the books that were written. I think a lot of that is junk. Okay. I think they went too much further and it brought a lot of legalism in. So when I mention the courts of heaven, the courtrooms of heaven, please, I'm not advocating those books. But I'm not denying the fact that there is a court in heaven. Okay? And if you have read it, don't worry. It's, it's not me speaking against the book. I'm speaking my personal opinion. 
I think it's, uh, it, be, it caused a lot of stuff because, and it became very legalistic. So, therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. So, Micaiah is saying, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared a disaster against you. Now, Zedekiah, the son of Shania, went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you? <laughs> And Micaiah said, indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide. So the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and return to him under the governor of the city and the king's son. And then we see how they put him into prison to be afflicted. Are you guys with me? I was sitting in top rooms even in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, the church and etc., I would be so rebuked because my prophecies are not encouraging. I'm like, you get one two-minute video YouTube clip. You're not seeing the context. And I never have to apologize for what God says. If I believe that is what God has spoken. I don't, I'm not one of those prophets that's repenting because I missed it on Trump. Luckily, we don't have anything in that sphere. Uh, but all these prophets in America, all of them are repenting and, you know, some were put on discipline. I think, what nonsense is this? Where has, where has uh, Jonah repented for prophesying Nineveh's downfall and it didn't happen? Where, is, where has uh, Isaiah repented for, for, for prophesying Hezekiah's death and it didn't happen? Where is it in Scripture? If I prophesy to you and say you're gonna, if I prophesy to Rusha, Rusha, you're gonna win this this race that has come, this athletic race that you're that's that's coming, and he wins it. Clear number one. And when it comes to the prize giving, somebody changes something and makes somebody else a winner, and they change a little bit of the video footage. And somebody else wins. Did he still win? Yeah. But because I prophesied differently. Are you guys understand what I'm saying? So now all these prophets, they prophesied one thing because they heard from God. But they don't understand interpretation, application, presentation, revelation of prophecy. Maybe they do. I'm not sure that any of them are mature or so. But I just see all of them repenting and I'm thinking... I'm just, I, I just, there's no, there's no way. If I prophesy to somebody and say, this is, I believe, the Lord's going to do, and it doesn't happen, I must repent. No, 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 no. And if you think that, uh, how dare this, this prophet or Leon not do what we say and repent is not accountable to us. The Bible says, you have, you have piped unto me and I have not danced. You have mourned and I have not lamented. Jesus is saying, you have played the flute and I've not danced, I've not done according to what you want me to do. I have played, I have mourned and you have mourned expecting me to lament and I have not lamented. Meaning, when preachers become so scared of people, it's the end, the beginning of the end for their ministry. 
And the moment I become scared or intimidated or feel I, 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 I owe an explanation, I'm obligated to owe an explanation to somebody, it's the beginning of the end. I don't have to, I don't have to ever explain why I'm a man of God. No one, I don't owe anything to anyone. Are you guys with me? Obligation is one of the legs of witchcraft. It's the fourth leg of witchcraft. Manipulation, intimidation, domination is the three legs. The fourth leg is obligation. Now please, there are good obligations and there are bad obligations. You have an obligation as a father in your house. Are you guys with me? So this is not a way for you to be, to be rebellious, but I'm speaking just of, then you have a certain obligation where it is against your will, against your freedoms. That is witchcraft. So, for the sake of time, I'm trying to explain and unravel this mystery of uh, just an evil spirit first coming from, from God. And I haven't even touched on a curse, which we'll maybe do next session. But um, let me see how, maybe let's, let's get into it a little bit. Let me see, let me see. Uh, let's go to, let's go to, let's go to, um, let's go to Genesis 4 verse 4. Let me see, I can, I can stretch it a bit this morning. Genesis 4 verse 4. Put it for me in the New Living Translation. Let me, let me, let me explain to you because we spoke about an evil spirit coming from God. We spoke about, we spoke about uh, 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 God's judicial system a little bit. We touched on a curse that comes from God. I showed you scripture. Who did God curse? God cursed the serpent. He cursed the ground. He cursed, uh, he cursed Cain. He cursed childbearing. The first origination of a curse in Scripture comes from God. Are you guys with me? So when Christians battle with a curse, they are dealing with a legal system. And we see how God sends an evil spirit from a legal system. Which means that there requires a legal duty from outside to legally overturn the curse that is upon our lives. So that God can be convinced and say, even though I love you. What you're doing right now, I cannot, I cannot allow you, meaning that uh, I cannot answer your request for this curse to be removed. Or it can be just and say, okay, you bring an argument where the scripture says, come and argue with me. Let's reason together. And it's speaking of a courtroom setting. Are you guys with me? We see in the book of Isaiah, come and let us reason together. Bring your argument, bring your evidence. The scripture is saying, of why you are innocent of this case. Now I know that the thought is still, but wait, Christ became a curse for us. We'll get there. Whether it is today or next week, or are you guys with me? Uh, uh, we'll get there. That's why please don't miss the Sundays in this month. Because we need to understand the context of that text. And the proper uh, interpretation and exegetical way of how it is written. Of that text because otherwise we can ignorantly just say every curse has been dealt with on the cross then why are people struggling why even after they are saved 
Was their father an alcoholic and they were battling with alcoholism? We don't believe in curses in terms of a lot of Christians, but I'm a Christian, I can't be cursed. Yet a doctor tells you and asks you, what is your family history? Even the world knows in a carnal way that there is certain genes or there's certain hereditary diseases that goes down a family, not even hereditary diseases, just even if there's a symptom of something. For example, uh, uh, was there alcohol in your family? Then it'll be by you. I'm not even speaking of a disease, just speaking of an addiction. Are you guys with me? Where doctors would ask that. Yet, as a Christian faith, we want to walk ignorantly and think, no, it's, you know, we don't even think that far. It's like a, it's like uh, uh, somebody was asking me about titles and we we're speaking about titles. And first of all, I always tell them, I said, look, a title is not a gift. A title is, uh, we don't really believe in titles, we believe in gifts. Jesus gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, gifts. But if I am, you know, if, 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 God has called me into the prophetic. We have fruits to show it. We have planted how many churches? We have, uh, have a successful, fruitful ministry. We have the papers on the wall, if I could say it in that regard. We, and, but yet, people in their hearts will refuse to honor a title. But they'll go to their doctor and say, Doctor so-and-so. And this doctor just started for a few years in a natural way. But what causes him to be called a doctor? Because he has earned that through his studies are you guys with me so when it comes to titles when it comes to honor we have messed up so much in the church so i never have a problem with somebody or let me say it like this so so they were asking me do i have a problem with somebody that doesn't come by title i said no i, don't, I never have a problem with that i said i don't have a problem with that like, they're just not going to receive what they want to he receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. So you receive me in the name of Leon, you're going to receive a Leon's reward. Now God isn't worried about a Christian that's just getting saved and is, doesn't know anything. And he, and he calls you by your first name, but he, there's honor in him. God is not worried about that. God is worried about when there's this deep-rooted thing where you're like, I refuse to call uh, pastor so-and-so by the title. I refuse it because, you know, do they think they're better than anybody else? That rebellion. And then they're like, please, pastor, pray for me for this. Or they don't say, pastor, they say, please, Martin, pray for me for, for this. But I, I refuse in there deeply to honor really the gift that is on him. But I want the gift now to work for me. God is not a robot. It is the gift in you that has to feel whether he is embraced. That's why when Jesus was not even embraced in his own hometown, he could only lay hands on a few and heal some. So we never, so they said, do I force titles in my church? Never. I said, the only titles I force in my church is that everybody must call my pastors, pastors. They don't have to call me anything. But it depends what that person wants to receive and is going to get. Are you guys with me? So South Africa has this disease and I was explaining to them on, on, on how the, especially the white culture works in South Africa, very familiar. And that is why the move of God has died out amongst white churches. I'm going to say it again. That is why the move of God has died out amongst many or most white churches. Because they don't under, they became so familiar. Some churches refuse to use any titles. 
the secretary can rebuke the senior pastor. I promise you, the senior pastor of a 20,000 member church told me personally, my secretary can rebuke me. She can come in and just, just sort me out. I'm sitting there, I'm like, my secretary must try that. It would be the <laughs> beginning of the end. Honor causes us not to receive what God has for us. Are you guys with me? The generational cursing is too long to get in, so I'm not going to get into that right now. I really just opened it up with the courtroom of heaven. Uh, pricked your mind on, or your spirit on a curse that comes from God. Curses comes from God, so that I haven't answered yet. I will be answering that in the next session. And then an evil spirit that comes from God, we answered with two scriptures. Are you guys with me? And more is coming. So when it comes to the legal system, so that you can understand, but wait, this curse that is on me is legalized and verified by God. So I must go about the right way to get it lifted. Yes, there's a way to lift it. But you've gone from deliverance to deliverance to deliverance. And all they do is bind the devil, but not know or understand how a curse works and operates. Because God has put into his law that if there's a rapist, this will go from the third to the fourth generation. Now what happens if somebody rapes your daughter? Would you want justice for them? If it is 20 years later and you found out, would you still want justice for them? Okay. After you are dead, would you still want justice for them? I hope you are, you're saying yes. If you're anything worth your salt, if you're not saying yes, you don't belong here. Like somebody said to me, I said, listen, if somebody comes into my house and rapes my daughter and want to kill my family, I said, or oh, they just come in and with that intention, my gun will be out and I'll shoot first before I find out whether that intention is real or not. That's me. I'm not saying take up arms because I was accused of that as well. I'm calling for people to take up. I'm not saying take up arms. I'm saying me. I have every right to say how I will defend myself. And then I said, if the law of the land doesn't, doesn't, doesn't provide for that, allow for that, I will then go to prison. That is my choice to protect my family because the Bible says of the importance of self def of defending your family. And that scriptures we haven't even opened up yet. You have every right to defend your family even with death. Are you guys with me? So, so when I say that, uh, so, so uh, when I say that, the person said, no, 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 but, uh, 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 you know, I will never do that. I will pray for them. So you'll allow them to rape your daughter. But I will pray, for, you know, and I must turn the other cheek and all this nonsense. I pray to God that you never have kids. That you get so cursed that you will have no relationship. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Just in that instance. I'm just saying the person will repent. I'm just saying I don't want you to have to bear any child. Because they're not going to be safe. Now... So you want justice for your child after they get, let's say now after you, you, you die, let's say now the perpetrator that did it, they might not be caught by a natural court, but they, God knows who it is. So a curse comes upon that person and there's a certain thing that happens in heaven for God to inflict that curse upon them and we're going to open that up. As we go on further, I'll show you the scripture where this Old Testament 
New Testament and in the future, where God allows judicial punishment to come upon certain perpetrators. But the problem is now, what if that rapist gets saved? While the curse is pronounced, what if they get saved? Because now the curse is pronounced to bring death to them. But now they get saved. So it presents a problem. Because God is love. Are you guys with me? He's, uh, he, the foundation of His throne is mercy and truth. But there's mercy also. God is a God of love. Now He becomes a Christian. Now something happens in His life. He might not die, but there's something that is happening in his life continually that will afflict him and cause his family to be afflicted. Because he's supposed to die, but God has mercy. But he has to by law, because he's a just first, allow things to happen until that person can have the ability to come and present their case and have that curse removed. Otherwise, there will be struggles every single day or in areas of their life and it will feel like they cannot move forward. These are invisible curses we are speaking about. It's invisible struggles. You have gone for deliverance. There's not necessarily a demon that's going to growl out of you. Well, they can be attached to curses and etc. But it's like you've gone, you've confessed, you have done this, you have done that. But yet the problem remains. That is how deep-rooted a curse goes. Are you guys with me? And my people lack, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So when we don't have the knowledge of these things, we perish. So what are we giving you? We're giving you the knowledge and revelation of how a curse operates, why it is there, where it comes from. And if I think it comes from Satan, my whole application on how to remove that curse is going to be wrong. Are you guys with me? And it is nothing emotional. It is simple words. What is a, what is a, uh, what is a, uh, 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 uh. I want to say it like this. Deliverance and curses, when it's removed, it is simply a legal transaction that is being taken place. It is a legal exchange that is being taken place in the spirit that now makes it illegal for the spirit to operate there, where they had legality to operate there. Are you guys with me? So this is just an introduction. And I didn't land the message because I didn't finish the message and uh, I didn't even actually start it so I was just bringing an introduction so that people don't get confused as to where we are going so keep in mind that a curse comes from God an evil spirit can sometimes come from God uh, prophets can prophesy not the truth and God is okay with it <laughs> not in all instances okay not in all instances and I'm not I'm just speaking very controversial right now I'm not speaking uh I'm not making it a doctrine and or, 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 or justifying for prophets to miss it. No, no, no. You saw what Micaiah did. They said to him, listen, you must give a word of encouragement. He's like, okay. You don't want to hear the word of God. I'll give you a word of encouragement. Go and prosper. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Say with your generational curses. 
So we're going to get very deep the next few Sundays. I think we have three, one, two, three Sundays before the conference. This one plus two others before the conference. And we're not going to speak about deliverance or so. I believe we're going to get into curses because there's much more on how to break open uh, certain things that because curses are hidden. Look at Balaam, a seer, a prophet, yet cannot see the spiritual side which is stopping his donkey from moving. Are you guys with me? A curse is like Lazarus that's been uh, raised from the dead and yet he has grave clothes that is still bound around him but he is alive. A curse is like something that binds you. It smells. People can see the effects of it. You can feel the effects of it. And you don't know how to get free. But you are alive. And you are moving. And you are breathing. Christians are moving and breathing and they're alive, but there are certain grave clothes or restrictions upon their life that is restricting them from moving forward or restricting them from going into the will of God. That is a definition or an explanation of a curse. Are you guys with me? Let's stand to our feet. And as we say, we don't pray for deliverance this morning and we're keeping it for the conference. This whole month, we're giving you knowledge and expectation from going up towards that. Raise your hands to the Lord. Raise your hands. Leska abroka devoske teke de namasketayam. Ledoska adelebenioske teke namaya. Zeska televredonoske bredelebredoska taya delebenamaya. Father, I pray right now that the anointing of your spirit, that the power of God will rest upon your people, that you'll begin to open up our eyes this month in the area of deliverance and the hidden areas in our lives, things that are lurking beneath, that has to be revealed and exposed by lights for us to be free. I pray that you'll begin to bring revelation and reveal areas of curses, generational curses in their lives, areas of restriction, areas where they are bent towards a certain direction, and that you bring freedom to every single one of us, that by the end of this month, there'll be freedom and total deliverance for Encounter Church as we speak, that from every hidden source, every hidden agenda, every hidden evil spirit, Every pronunciation, declaration, every act, every sin that has been done by generations in past that has come upon our house, not us as an individual, but come upon the house that we were in. I pray that you'll bring your word to expose and that total freedom that legally these things can be lifted in Jesus' mighty name. We give you all the honor, the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give a praise offering, church.